This is Wayne Everett, and this is my chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Dominate. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. I always want to be part of a small rebellion. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom. I have searched through all these leaves To find a path to you of sweet champagne A million leaves of swooning How you doing? I'm doing alright. Just, um, it's I work in, like, uh, an office building, so it's like it's Right now, for some reason, the work is really stressful, so it's kind of chaotic and stuff. So, oh, man. Uh, I'm, I can't wait to go home and uh, enjoy a nice, quiet evening of watching Chernobyl. Oh yeah, how is it? I've heard good things. <laughs> it's good. That was kind. Of, I was trying to trying to be funny there because it's not really good, but it's extremely depressing. Oh, I I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to the podcast, but I'll watch the show, so I, I'm getting like half a picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need to watch the show first. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Cool. Cool. So, man, I'm super stoked to talk to you. I know there are a lot of people who are fans of uh, this podcast who want me to ask very specific questions, which I'm sure I won't. <laughs> so, so the first thing I want to ask is... Um, I'm I'm going to start maybe more recently. What has it been like for you uh, to do these prayer chain reunion shows and uh, revisit songs that are 20, 25 years old? Yeah, it's it's been, it was a really, uh, it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. I mean, usually uh, I'm the type of person who you know is pretty good about like remembering stuff in terms of like music. Um, parts and things like that. Like uh, once I commit a song to memory, it's pretty. I'm, I'm pretty good about recalling it. And for the most part, I was pretty good about recalling uh, the prayer chain stuff. The bigger problem was actually physically being able to play it. Um, so for me, that was like that was part of the challenge was just to um, to be able to get back into um, the kind of like performing shape, you know. Um, because a, a lot of the drumming that I did after the prayer chain was a lot less busy. It was a lot less, um, uh, you know, it was a lot slower for one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, that was a challenge, but um, so so that was kind of hard. But uh, it was really um, it was really wonderful uh, to 
be able to or to have the opportunity to go and perform some of those songs and um, be able to uh, I don't know I, it was just it was such an amazing response from we did a Kickstarter to just to raise money in order to um, uh, to put out some uh, some stuff on vinyl originally and then that just sort of blossomed into um, us doing a, a couple of shows which was uh, just really amazing because the response was so great um, but it was you know it was a lot of work it took you know it took a good like six months or eight months or something like that for us to kind of truly get it together and it was mostly uh, musically it was it that was that but but then there was also sort of like the the logistics of manufacturing it and putting stuff together and mailing stuff out and all that stuff and the other three guys did most of that work because I was living in New York at the time and really couldn't um, help out with that. But um, so they did an amazing job just committing themselves uh, to doing all of this work. There was just a ton of work to be done. So, um, uh, but but really at the end of the day, we were happy to do all of it because um, the people who uh, responded to the um, the Kickstarter just, you know, we really owed it to them to do all that stuff. So, um, so I'm glad we even had the opportunity to do it. That's cool. Uh, I know I got, uh, was I think at the Mercury uh, Kickstarter, I got that vinyl, uh, which which was awesome and, and sounds amazing. Was it weird revisiting those songs after all these years? I know you've done reunion shows over the years. I think I saw you guys in... 2003 2002 or 2003 at cornerstone um but was it weird like just having to go back to those songs yeah because you're a different person when you're you know in your 40s and when you're in your 20s and so yeah like you're listening to some of the songs i hadn't listened to maybe since we finished you know recording them um and so for those, it was such a, it was like listening to a, a, a talk, like other people playing the songs and stuff. I'm sure other bands have this same type of phenomenon where it's like you go back and revisit stuff that you wrote when you were in your early 20s and you're going back to it 20 years later, 25 years later. It's like, uh, some of it you're like, why did we do this? This, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And there yeah. was a lot of that in rehearsal. There was a lot of laughter, um, uh, just trying to understand why did we decide to do this at this point, you know? Because uh, <laughs> if we were writing the song now, we just wouldn't do it. Um, and, right. Uh, so, so some of the stuff stands up better than others. Um, you know, we were happy to to play all the songs because that's what people wanted to hear. And so we kind of um, took a page out of the Kiss. Um, playbook, uh, whose mantra is, you know, give the fans what they want, you know, so, so, uh, uh, the, the songs that were kind of difficult for us to learn, we just went through with it and, and, and did it. Yeah. 
how did you get started playing drums? I think the first time that I realized that I wanted to play drums was when I first heard the song by the Go-Go's, We Got the Beat. Uh, I think I was at the neighborhood boys club going to play basketball or something, and I heard that song on the stereo system there, and I was just transfixed. I was like, wow, what is this? What is this groove or whatever is this thing that's going on? And I just, I love it. And, um, and so I think just that was when I realized that, that rhythm was something that I, that I really enjoyed. And, and by the time I was about um, 14, I started playing, uh, you know, on like a, a pad set. You know, my parents bought me a little pad set. And then um, when I turned 15, um, my parents bought me a real kit. And that was just like a total, I remember that day so vividly. It was like hitting those real drums was just like, it was like uh, the most spectacular works going off. Uh, and it was just so loud and so crisp and so noisy. And it sounded so cool. And I, I just loved the sound of it. Uh, and so, uh, so I, I just knew I wanted to, to do that. That's cool. Were drums your first instrument? Um, well, no, not really. I kind of played the ukulele actually for a little bit because I thought I wanted to play guitar, and then, um, and then I got super lazy and thought, well, a guitar is six strings, a ukulele is only four. Maybe I can play that. Maybe that one will be easier to learn. And so, <laughs> so I just like, uh, I just tried to learn the ukulele, which was, you know, it's hard. Uh, yeah. Not as hard as a guitar. Um, so I did that for a little while. I mean, imagine trying to play, you know, songs by Simple Minds on the ukulele. It's just, it doesn't sound all that great. But <laughs> yeah. for me, I, I heard something that sounded a little bit like the chords to a Simple Minds song. And so to me, it just sounded magical. But, um, but yeah, when I heard when I got into the drums, that's what really did it for me. That's cool. How did you get connected with the other guys in the prayer chain? Uh, I was in my first year of college, and um, a friend of mine from high school, uh, he said, "Hey, uh, this band from high school that we like is playing down in." Uh, in Laguna Beach, near where we used to live, and uh, this club called uh, Club Post Nuclear. It was designed to be like a fallout shelter, uh, and it mm -hmm. was kind of in this racist location. Um, but uh, so we went to the show, and this band, The Prayer Chain, was opening for the band that we were going to see, and so. Uh, so sometime in the middle of the set or towards the end of the set, I remember um, Tim, the singer, saying, hey, thanks to uh, so-and-so for filling in on the drums because we don't have a full-time drummer yet. And I kind of looked over to my buddy and was like, I don't know, maybe I should go talk to him. And so I did. So I walked up to, to Tim afterwards. I said, hey, man, I played the drums. And he looked at me like, who is this child standing in front of me? Uh... And and why do I even want to listen to this? And so he's like, okay, man, yeah, whatever, we'll give you an audition. And so they ended up, yeah, 
they ended up actually calling me, and so I did go and audition, and, uh, and I guess I got the part. What was the Prayer Chain's ambitions when they started out? I know, like, you've been looked on or called, like, uh, the epitome of the Christian underground or, like, the start of this Christian alternative scene. What was your ambitions or what were your thoughts when you were coming up through the ranks? We just wanted to play music that was, like, as good as the stuff that we were listening to, which is completely ridiculous. Uh, but that was our ambition anyway, and for us, I mean, we listened to Christian music, but but our, you know, the, the bands that we truly looked up to, like in a, in a really broad sense, or in terms of like the, the level that, that those bands got to, you know, bands like the Stone Roses and the Mission, um, Jane's Addiction, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and so we didn't really want to be in the, in the Christian music scene because it was so limiting. Um, mm -hmm. But as we were playing out all the time, we just took gigs wherever we could get gigs. And we got gigs in clubs, we got gigs in churches, we got gigs in festivals, just because, you know, we just started our sets and stuff and, and uh, we were able to draw more people. And so, you know, in... LA, the name of the game is you got to draw people, otherwise you're not going to get any gigs. So luckily we were able to draw some people at those early shows and then just the momentum kind of built from there. And then when we were looking for, you know, in those days, the goal was to get onto a record label because they were mm -hmm. going to good, you know, manufacturer and record, you know, pay for recording and, you know, do marketing and that was, those were, you know, the gatekeepers really. Um, you know, the internet wasn't around yet. So, when we were looking for labels, there weren't really, uh, the, the labels that we, um, sent our stuff to, um, weren't into us for one reason or another. And so, um, and so, but the, the offers that we did get were from, uh, Christian labels. And, you know, you know at the time we were all Christians and stuff, and, we weren't interested in being a part of some kind of ministry or anything. It was just like we, you know, happen to have this uh, this thing, this space that is in common, and we, you know, write songs about this and that, and uh, you know, uh, so if 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 the label is cool with all that, then great, you know. Um, so then we ended up um, we ended up signing with uh, with Reunion and. You know, to their credit, they just let us do what we do. You guys kind of kind of came up in the the early uh the early like beginnings of, of what would blossom and grow into the the christian scene and you got to kind of watch it expand around you uh i, I know you like probably did stuff with mortal and then early tooth and nail scene what was it like to kind of watch that scene evolve and grow out of uh 
not what you had started, but you were one of the early bands in that early 90s scene. Like, what was it like to watch it expand? And I don't know how much I even really noticed it, just because it was all new to me. Like, you know, there were other bands before us in that scene, and, you know, we were kind of like following in their footsteps in a way. Um, you know, bands that we really liked, like the 77s and the choir, you know, um, you know, Mike Knott and, and so many others, but like, I don't know, I mean, I guess, I guess at that time, if, if you think about it, it really did expand, but at the time, I really didn't think of anything uh, about it, because to me, we were just a band playing some, some uh, as many shows as we could to try to like, do some more records, and uh, just share our music with people, and hopefully they dig it, and, you know, uh, I guess there were other bands that were starting up and they were just doing that same thing. And so uh, it's cool that, that there was a, a big enough scene to support all of that. Because I think, from what I hear from, from people, there isn't much of a scene like that anymore. But um, but I don't know if that's altogether a bad thing. I mean, I guess it's just kind of like, you know, it, it, it was a moment. And so... Um, so uh, so that's, you know, it's a good thing. I, I think there's been a lot of documented stuff around the prayer chains, uh, initial breakup and, and the struggles around Mercury. Um, but you and Eric had kind of started playing with Starflyer 59 around that time, right? When Mercury was being recorded and released? Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it was, uh, uh, let's see, I don't remember the timeline, but... Yeah, it was around that time. It was probably right after we recorded Mercury and went on that tour, I think. Yeah, because that was kind of when I... That was the only time that I was really playing with both bands is when we went on that tour together. What, what was that time when Mercury was released like? I know there was some tension in the band. Was it uh, a struggle or has like the tension been overblown throughout the years? Um, I, There was... Oh, there was definitely tension. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we were, uh, you know, some of us were at odds with one another, kind of, uh, about what the band should be doing, what the band should sound like. Um, and uh, those frustrations wound up being kind of captured in the Mercury sessions. Um kind of fueled in it or, or I guess framed like in a in a in a relationship with a uh, well I guess it was kind of like two ways about it there was the kind of tension within the band about like what we should be doing but then there was also the tension with just the Christian music scene because it, it was I think the more for me anyway the more that that we were in it the more I felt like I didn't belong at all there uh, yeah. Like I shouldn't shouldn't be doing this uh, within this scene. Uh, I always wanted to make music, but I just felt like you know being a part of this scene was just it was, wasn't really making any sense to me. Um, yeah. So I don't know if the the feelings at the time were were very raw, and it was like you know you start to feel lost because you just don't know what you should do because you have a, a cool thing going on the one hand and you're inspired 
to make this music that we thought was cool um, on that record, but at the same time it was uh, you know cathartic and a, a cry for help um, because we felt alienated from each other and alienated from that scene and alienated from people that we loved because we were just gone all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think it was uh, it was a, a a time of transition and I think that I for one was kind of ill-equipped to make um, a big transition uh, at the time and so it was just sort of a uh, it was the the writing was kind of on the wall by the time we started out on that on the last tour. Sure, I, I, I don't bring that up to like bring up issues or like because obviously everybody's past whatever might have happened. You know, was that twenty five years ago? Right, like twenty twenty five years ago. Every it's and, and maybe I should mention that like. Uh, you know, we've had conversations about that stuff, you know, when we were getting to uh, rehearse for these shows and stuff, and, you know, we talked about some of that stuff a little bit, and um, I think a lot of it is kind of water on the, under the bridge, um, and uh, so it's not like a, it's like some big deal, really. I mean, that was, you know, we were kids in a rock band, and and some people got pissed at each other. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. 20-year-olds mad at each other. Who, who would think? What led to your departure from Starfly 59? I know I'm jumping way ahead, but... Uh, well, I, I, uh, I... Well, I, basically, I left Starfly because I couldn't afford to be in the band anymore. Uh, okay. I just, you know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't pay my rent and stuff, so, you know, it was just, it was just, uh, I had to get a, a, a different job, you know. I wanted to, I wanted to play in that band, but I just, you know, it was, uh, I was, I was broke, and I couldn't be broke anymore. Well, well, that maybe brings up an interesting question, because it seems like uh, the Lassie Foundation at various times had a lot going on, but I, I guess with the nature of the music industry, it was not as lucrative as maybe the, the popularity uh, would lead one to believe. Yeah, well, the Lassie Foundation um, was also a, a project that, uh, started with Eric and, and me, and then shortly after that, um, Jeff Schroeder. Um, and, yeah, we had a little bit more, um, I guess you'd say, like, mainstream or normal success, um, uh, partly because we just played the clubs, uh, 
in LA and we were able to um, uh, make a little bit of a of a wave here. It's not a ton, but you know, uh, people that uh, that we like uh, let us play for them. You know, we got to open for the new pornographers and um, uh, Creeper Lagoon and Mars Volta and um, some other bands. Um, and uh, got to travel just a little bit, not that much. We didn't do a lot of touring. But, um, and then we also had some songs on um, some television shows um, and uh, in at least one movie. So I think there was a little bit more exposure yeah, in those worlds. Yeah. Did you guys ever feel any, any pushback from Lassie Foundation and maybe some of the songs or... Uh, content of that band or were people generally accepting of what you were doing uh, I never heard anything uh, controversial or at least any, any nobody told me about any kind of story that any of our songs were all that controversial I mean, there were some challenging lyrics I think in some of the songs um, but uh, if it if it really offended anybody, I, I didn't really hear about it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, I asked, uh, I think I asked Cloud a similar question when he was on about like kind of walking the line of both markets and like putting out Lassie Foundation. I think I specifically mentioned your record because I know there's some language and he, he said the same thing where people are generally cool with it and he never heard anything. So. I, I was just curious if you saw him. Oh yeah, every once in a while, there's a there's some a curse word somewhere, um, but it's really. I mean, if you didn't know it was there generally, you probably wouldn't even notice. Um, because partly because it's especially early on, the vocals are so buried that you know, I don't think you'd actually hear it. What was it like uh, watching Jeff join the Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, man, we were so stoked when that happened, or at least I, I was super stoked. I, I, I think most of us who knew Jeff uh, or know him at, at the time were, like, so excited because, uh, to me, that's just a perfect fit. Um, you know, it seems like Billy Corgan comes from a lot of the same influences that Jeff does just coincidentally, you know, uh, a deep, deep love and knowledge of heavy metal, and then also um, uh, a deep love for, like, new wave and alternative, um, like, early 80s, like The Cure and um, Suits and the Banshees and um, Missing Persons and, you know, bands like those. Um, so I, it's no surprise that they've been together uh, for so long now. Um, because they they have such similar tastes in music, and uh, and Jeff's just like a really easy guy to get along with too. Yeah, but he's been the Pumpkins for over a decade now, right? 
It's crazy. Yeah. Seems like, yeah, it's a long time. favorite record that you've ever put out is your solo record uh king's queens and i know we're finally getting the the follow-up to that you've been working on that uh have you been working with lens on that yeah um i started some of these songs i started writing like probably like 15 years ago um and then some of them were written very recently and so um when I I moved to New York in in 2013 and um, recorded some stuff there, I recorded some stuff with um, uh, another friend of mine who's really a talented um, musician, artist, performer, and producer. Uh, his name is Jim Mills, and his band is called Extra, um, and he makes really wonderful, amazing music. Um, and he, but he comes from a little bit of a different sensibility. Uh, than me, and I really wanted him to, uh, to to contribute his thing to these songs, and so he and I worked on two songs. We started recording before I moved to New York, and then um, uh, and then we're we're still finishing them now. Um, so Jim um, produced two songs, and then Frank uh, has uh, produced um, the rest of them so far. Uh, well, except for one. Another one I recorded in Nashville um, with um, Steve Hindelong and some uh, some of the guys out there. Um, and so, uh, so that's one song. So it's a bit of a it's a, a bit of a hodgepodge of, of different recordings. But um, lately, I've been finishing um, some stuff with Frank here in the, in Southern California. That's cool. Any time frame for one that might come out, or who might put it out? Well, every time I every time I start talking about a time frame, it never ends up being that you know I just like have to stop you know not keeping promises. Um, uh, my hope is that it's going to be done. Uh, it's going to be done this year, or at least recording and mixing and mastering. And then um, what I want to do is put it out on my own imprint and um, and do some uh, digital and some vinyl. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've spent so many years, you know, getting screwed by record labels. I'm just tired of it. I don't want to deal with them. So with this project, I just want to kind of take on all of the burden myself, which is kind of a, a challenge. But I have enough friends who do that type of thing where, um, you know, they can kind of uh, push me in the right direction. Yeah, that's cool. I was just wondering if it would be another uh, northern release since it seems to be that family of of artists putting records out. Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to work with Northern again. Um, <laughs> they're they're one of those labels, by the way. But um, uh, so I might work on I might work with a, a different label. Uh, I'm not really sure. I kind of haven't really gotten to that phase yet because 
I'm trying to get all the music done, and it's just it's hard enough trying to like do a day job and then also have time to um, to do music on the weekends and then you know uh, have a, a relationship with people you love. <laughs> so uh, I get that. I'm taking it. I'm kind of taking it one step at a time, but I'm I'm hopefully. I'm I'm towards the end of the process. I've got like nine songs finished, and so I'm only going to do a couple more. That's cool. So you got the solo record. Any anything else you got coming? Is might we hear more Lassie Foundation in the future? Is there more Prayer Chain stuff coming? We might hear some more Lassie Foundation. Uh, been talking to uh, the guys, and so uh, so we're making some progress on that. Uh, so that's kind of like in my queue of, of things to, to work on. So, um, uh, so yeah, that'll probably be the next thing that, that I'm doing uh, is, yeah, uh, hopefully doing some more Lassie Foundation stuff. listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.